Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan show. Ireland's classic hits. Should uh, essential services be banned from going on strike? Should it be illegal? As it is for Ungarda Shikana, for example. They're not allowed to go on strike. That's why they have the blue flu when they want industrial action. Let me go to Margaret. Margaret, you're in Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. How are you doing, Margaret? Hi, in Ireland. How are you? I'm good, Margaret. Nice to talk to you. It's been a while. Are you okay? Are you roasted? I'm roasted. Roasted. I'm roasted. There's no air. There's no, the air conditioning's not working. And there's no air in here at all. I feel like I'm going to collapse any minute. So if I suddenly go silent, you know what happened to me? Oh, that's again, health and safety policy. <laughs> I, I live. I live. Well, I live. Anyway, Wait, I tell you. Yeah. I think the fire brigade uh, and all these people, I will give essential service the ambulance men, the doctors, the nurses, the guardie, the teachers, all the essential services. Well, I forgot, about, I forgot about the teachers, actually. Yeah, I forgot about them. Yeah. You know, I mean, Niall, I was just saying to your researcher there, um, the chap, what's his name? John. John. My apologies, John. Actually, he likes his full title. It's Jonathan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan. Now, who exactly decides the big fat wages for the people in the doll? Yeah. Now, themselves, from what I can But I, I'm assuming it is themselves, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then they give themselves a little bonus coming up to Christmas, and you <laughs> never hear about it. Yeah, I know. Right? I know. And then they, they give all the councillors all over the country 10 grand. Expenses. And they give us a, fucking, they give us a fiver <laughs> in the budget. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. So, all these people... And if I talk to any of the younger people who are in the in the in the fire brigade and or the ambulance services and all these essential services that we all really depend on in our time of need, and they can't even get a mortgage. They can't even afford sometimes to even rent a bloody room if they're walking away from home. Now that's not what we over the years, built up and worked hard for mm. to make our country a better place for everybody to live. Yeah, no, but, I get you. You know, Niall, I watched it all all day today, and I watch it most days. Do you? Jeez, that and must be very boring. Nice that goes on. Right. I, I imagine, I, now, I, I, I have to say, I, I, I would rather watch paint dry than sit and watch the Oireachtas TV. You what? The Aroctus TV, that's what they call it. I would rather watch paint dry. Yes, I watch it nearly every day. Do you? I do. Right, okay. I do. I take great interest in it. And I actually read one day to complain about the behaviour of, of the DDs in the doll. Why? What were they yeah. doing? What were they doing? They were roaring and shouting. Like, they were like spoiled kids. You know, and then obviously something was said because the next day, what do you call them? The chief whip stood up in the doll. After the Keown, the Keown Corla. Yeah, the Keown Corla. Stood up in the doll and he said, before we start the business of the day, may I ask 
everybody here today on both sides of the house, those in and those in opposition. Please refrain from behaving the way you did yesterday. Right. We have had we've had a phone call complaining of your behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> so well, they, Margaret, there you go. You made a change, Margaret. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> okay, but getting getting back, we're cut off on a bit of a tangent. Okay, so getting back to necessary services, so the guards, the doctors, the nurses, the teachers, the public transport, the firefighters, should they be allowed go on strike? Because after all, when they do go on strike, they're holding us as the general public to ransom. They should not. They should be allowed to go on strike because everybody has a right to go out and strike and to protest or complain about their, their, their wage packet. Well, they were, no, they were, right to, they were right to complain about their wage packet. But what would happen, Margaret, if you were due a vital operation and then they go on strike and you can't have that operation and then you die? Yeah, but, but Niall, Niall, if the government was run in a proper manner, um, you know, and... You know, the country was run, and I said it before, Nigeria. We were talking maybe about two years ago. Maybe it was just a couple of three now. Even. Could be. And we were talking about, uh, if I remember correctly now, my, my memory serves me right. We were talking about, you know, the state of the country and what would be the most important things, you know, uh, that should be put for second or fourth. Yeah. And the most important thing in, in any country is the health of the nation. Absolutely. Yeah, but, then, but, here, but, but here's the thing, right? And yeah. I completely agree with you. And we should pay people properly for the work they do. There's no doubt about that. But you also can't keep giving in every time, you know, a sector says, I want more money. You can't just keep saying yes, 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 yes. Don't go and strike it now. Here's here's an extra ten percent of you. Off you go because that that would just never end. Firefighters uh, are not paid a, a continuous wage packet. They are are paid uh, a certain amount of money, and then uh, it depends on the call out well, how the wages are increased. Oh, I don't know about that. But it depends on which department you're working in. But I know somebody who's in the fire service and, and they get paid a salary like anybody else. They don't get paid extra for going out in a call out. Well, you have to remember, like, like in the last two years, three years in this country, everything has gone up and up. And I know. Up. I know. But, yeah, but, but everybody is in the same boat. We're all in the same boat. I mean, look, my wages haven't gone up. Or your wages are your money hasn't gone up, or you're, you're, I don't know what money you're getting, Margaret, but it hasn't gone up much, really. So we're all in the same boat, you know, but, and I agree that people should protest or complain if they do, if they believe they're worth more. Absolutely, they should. But, you know, to, to just, you can't, your employers, or the government in this case, if they're the employers, can't just keep saying yes all the time, because then the economy would come to a standstill. Yeah, if, you know what's going to happen in this country, and I'm going to say it, now you can cut me off the air if you like. I'm not going to okay. cut you off the air, Margaret. Okay. Well, what I'm going to say is my, some people will probably come on the air now and, and bash me for it. Okay. But what's going on in this country, in this country in the last number of years is, is certain people are getting big, big bucks of doing sweet nothing. 
And then, unfortunately, we had the crisis in Ukraine and various other countries around the world. Ireland is a small little island, you know, uh, living on the edge of Europe. And we have taken over 100,000 people, over 100,000 people into the country. And they announced in the mall today that there's 500 people coming every week into this country. I'd say that's a conservative estimate, but well, yeah. And they're putting up tents at the moment down in the army place down in Mullingar. Jesus, yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, and then you have refugees going to the council of the refugees, and then they go to court and they win the case against Ireland. Then you have the human rights crowd then complaining to the European Parliament about what's going on in Ireland. Mm-hmm. You know, the government have to say to Europe, we have taken over 100,000 people. We cannot take any more people. We need a year out to look after what we have in the country and, and try and get them somewhere to live. Okay, you've got on a roll there in about 20 different topics, Margaret, but that, no, I couldn't. By the way, Margaret, I don't disagree with anything you just said. I, yeah. I do I do believe we've got to a point, and I think looking at the, the poll in the Sunday Business Post on Sunday, 75% of the population agree with you that we have taken in too many refugees in Ireland. So you're not in the minority for thinking that. You're in the majority for thinking that. The only people who don't think like that are the government. Uh, for some reason, they're ignoring the people. But then again, that's not unusual for Irish politicians. But stay, but stay there for a second, Margaret. Getting back to strikes. Let me go to Paul as well. Hang on. Paul, you're in Ireland's Classic It's Radio. How are you doing, Paul? On an icy phone. I go, sir, on yourself. Good. Paul, are you, are you whizzing along at 100 miles an hour or something? I'm not. I'm just pulling up now to close the set of gates behind me, and I'm all yours then after that. I, you're all mine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your pointing, so, so, Paul, listen to me. Do you believe that necessary services should be allowed to strike? They should, yeah. How are they going to stand up for themselves otherwise? Well, I believe everybody should be allowed to stand up for themselves, but if you're in a necessary service where you're providing a service which is vital, it's a bit raw, a bit unfair and unjust if you go on strike and leave somebody stranded or you leave somebody who needs an operation not getting it or you leave children without an education or if the guards go on strike, you leave the citizens without protection. But how do these people stand up for themselves if they can't use the ultimate threat of a strike? Well, there has to be other ways around us, you know. But sure, if you're not allowed to strike, your employer doesn't have to pay attention, really, does he? Well, do you believe the guards should be allowed to strike, for example? Yeah, why not? Well, I mean, can you imagine if the guards all decided to go and strike for two days? It would be like... <laughs> I was, I was going to say, it would be, like, be like that movie, The Purge. Do you remember that? But you're looking at when the traffic lights break in Dublin, there's less traffic. I know. I know, yes. Maybe, maybe things would run smoother. I don't know, I, but I would like to think I would like to think they're there for a purpose, and they're there for a very good purpose to fight crime. Okay. Okay. Well, let's say let's say you know someone you love needs a, a vital operation, and the nurses and doctors go on strike, and you're, that person doesn't get the operation, and because they don't get it, they die. I think there's enough humanity in the nurses and doctors that they will ensure that. No. There is. Individually, the individuals are very caring people, but on numerous occasions there has been strikes and people's operations have been postponed. But you're coming to me 
if you don't have private health insurance in Ireland anywhere, your operation is going to be postponed. Most likely, yeah, most likely. Yeah, mm. most people that don't have health insurance will die before they get a, a major operation. Mm. True. So, what are you losing? So you do believe that vital services should be allowed to strike? If they're not allowed to strike, then there needs to be part of that legislation that protects them from employers. Mm. Like, you, you work in the private sector, and yeah. it is cutthroat. Yeah. Like, advertising and stuff like that, it's all worked down to the, the last penny. Absolutely. Now, if you were prevented from going on strike or standing up for yourself, do you not think your employers would start shoveling extra onto you? Well, I'm, well, I'm in the business I'm in. If I went on strike tomorrow, they'd just get somebody else. You know what I mean? No, well, well, g- generally, well, unless you're in RTE, you're not part of a union, really. <clears throat> no, but you have your own following. And if they can't guarantee to keep that following, they need you as much as you need them. Ah, sure, I'm replaceable. Somebody else will come along and they'll have a following. Oh, come here to me. Everybody is replaceable. Yep. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not finding, losing. It's finding the replacement when you need them. Yeah. No, I, 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 no, I do get what you're saying, and I do agree that people should have the right to stand up for their rights uh, to get paid a fair, decent wage and have a fair and decent conditions to work in. But when you're providing a necessary service or a vital service, you know it, it, it's very risky and dangerous to, to withdraw that service from the general public, isn't it? But how many vital services are there? You have the guards, you have the army, you have nurses, you have the ESB, you have the gas, you have the water, you have the bins. Transport. Yeah. Do you know, like, they're all vital services. Like, no, they are. They are all vital services. Like, yeah, the how many people go to all food? So if the supermarkets, if all the supermarket workers in Ireland went on strike tomorrow, there'd be chaos. Oh, no, I know. I know. Or if, all, if all the haulage drivers went on strike, there'd be chaos because no food would get delivered to the shops. Yeah, you know. There you go. So, so we, all, we all provide... That's Well, I did say that at the start, by the way. We're all cogs in the wheel. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But I'll give you an example. I think it's Milan and Italy during COVID. The Italian government gave a thousand euros bonus to certain sectors. They ignored the bin men. The bin men got the hump. They went on strike. And I think they were off for over eight weeks with no rubbish collections whatsoever in a major city. But well, well, that happened. Do you remember that happened in Ireland going back? Was it in the eighties? And the army were called in. But, uh, come here to me, Jesus! Like calling in the army now, you know what they call it? Fucking smart. I do remember the army had to, <laughs> to drive the bin lorries back in the eighties. The bin, all the rubbish was building up at the side of the roads, and there was rats everywhere. But you know what the army do now? They've been fucking brutalised for the last fucking 20 years themselves. There's hardly enough from there to do what they need to do. I know, yeah. Seven or 8,000 people getting paid piss, uh, terrible money. Terrible money. And they're trying to encourage people into the army. So well, who'd want to be part of the Irish army getting paid like that, that, that kind of money? You know? Come here to me. I was collecting the bins down in Clare when Trump was uh, doing his little visit to Dunbeg, right? Yeah. The guards and all were being put up in hotels. The guards were getting overtime, they were getting this, they were getting that. And the army were below there. <laughs> and they're sleeping on floors and tents. Yeah. And getting fed out of fucking mobile kitchen units. For the love of Jesus. Like, well, 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 hang on, just because i got to go to Eamon before the news as well. Eamon, how are you doing? You're on Ireland's Classic Gets Radio. Eamon. Hello. Hello, Eamon. How are you? 
Hi, how are you getting on? Now, you're ex-military, by the way. Sorry? You're ex-military yourself. Yeah, I'm ex-military. I did 26 years in the Navy. And, um, listen, like, the way your, your current caller is speaking to her as well, um, when you talk about strike action, it's obviously an action that's not allowed by the Defence Forces under military law. Yep. Um, however... What that allows to then is it allows an abdication of, we'll call it government or the Department of Defence, to um, actually look after the interests because they have a free will. They have a, a, a sorry, a free reign. And that, what that means then is that they don't have to give anything. Now, you only have to look at the state of the Department of Defence today, mm-hmm. uh, of, the, of the military, right? Um, and the, pit, and the pittance that they're paid. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, but even apart from that, it's, it's not about exactly what they're paid. It's about their ability to be able to deliver the service for which the state is paying for them uh, on, on a daily basis, which is absolutely not possible. Mm-hmm. Okay? We, we have naval ships tied up. We have uh, Army and Air Corps in tatters. We have people coming up to the end of their service, pension age, where they're, you know, they're absolutely, their terms and conditions mean they can't be extended. And the problem is that, yes, we have organizations like RACO for, for officers and PD4 for the Defence Forces for other ranks, but there's no representation, there's no ability to listen. Now, that's just the military side of things. When you start looking at things like, say, um, how do the workers affect change? How do the people, you know, how do how do you work for better conditions? How do you work for better? Well, pay is one side of it, but working conditions, working terms, like you say, um, things like, you know, where soldiers are sleeping in Phoenix Park. I remember um, that, yeah. Needles, you know what I mean? Not look. I, I know there's we have a massive homeless crisis, but the issue is that without the ability to be able to have an input into your own working conditions and your own, like again, the doctors and the nurses are a classic example of that. Your own um, pay is a big part of it because we're, we're, nobody works for nothing. Um, and when, when people who don't have the ability to be able to affect the change, knowing that those who can affect the change literally don't care about your input, don't care about your um, what matters to you, other than driving a basic delivery of service and ticking a box. Mm. And the, the big issue, the big issue, and where strike and the ability to to to, co- to cause a strike. Now, and again, look, I'm ex-military. Like I said, uh, any public service, fire brigade, police, nurses, doctors, any frontline service, they do it. Uh, obviously, it's a career. Obviously, you know, you could call it like um, a vocation of sorts, right? Um, but to be able to, to, have, to actually feel compelled to pull that service is completely against the DNA of what you are. But if that's your last opportunity to make those that can affect the change make the change... You know, that's, you can't blame them for that. Okay. No, 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 I, I, no, I do. I understand the point that you're making, and I get what you're saying. And, uh, you know, it is the last chance saloon when you have to go to the point of saying, you know, we're downing tools. 
you know, it's the last option. You've tried everything else, clearly, and everything else hasn't worked. So that's the ultimate threat, isn't it? We stop working and we, we withdraw the service that we're providing. And if it's a vital service, that should be enough, generally speaking, to get people around the table and talk. Uh, well, look, Eamon, thank you very much indeed, Paul. Thank you. Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Oh.